Welcome to the Sober Nation FM podcast, where we're putting recovery on the map. I'm your host, Jonathan Sylvester. This show is brought to you by Sobriety Engine. Do you want to take your recovery to the next level? Do you want more support, community, and fellowship? Sobriety Engine is an incredible free online community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery. You can get a ton of great tips, resources, and guidance to help you succeed in recovery and in life. Visit sobrietyengine.com to join today. Sober Nation FM is also brought to you by Recover Health. If you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle all while supporting your sobriety, then you can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at rcvrhealth.com. And whether you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, please share this with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave a review. Nation, let's hop right into today's episode. Today, I'm going to be speaking with online recovery coach and author of the Amazon bestselling book, Recovered, Mr. Jacob Jones. Thanks for coming on the show with me today, Jacob. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, before we talk about your book and everything else that you're doing these days, tell us a little bit about what things were like before you got sober and and how you actually found recovery man um i, I guess i can just give like a, a brief overview um so before like my, my road into recovery was um i think it kind of started out in around like eighth grade when i kind of realized that i had um i was feeling like a lot of stuff that probably normal eighth graders would feel like peer pressure, anxiety, started having trouble sleeping, and uh, a lot of different stuff like that. Um, fear of not being accepted by my peers. Um, you know, I would think, and I don't like to generalize and say everybody feels that way, but um, I feel like a lot of people that are in eighth grade can relate to one of those things. Yeah. I so nothing like, right. yeah, so like nothing crazy out of the normal at that time. Um, so, from there, you know, things kind of just like started to get worse and worse and worse. And, and I never really had anything healthy in my life um, to help uh, combat those things. Um, so it was kind of just stuff that I would sweep under the rug. I played football and that helped a lot. Um, so whenever I put my helmet on, um, you know, that, that helped significantly where I didn't have to be like that person anymore. I could kind of be a different person. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, and it was an interesting dynamic looking back on that, um, how I was utilizing sports to kind of cover up some of those underlying feelings. Um, and then I progressed. I started playing football in college and uh, ended up taking a medical release. And at that time, um, football was like my big outlet. Um, I had like a lot of pride and ego wrapped up into playing college football. And so when that stopped, there was just like this huge void in my life. I didn't, I didn't really have an identity anymore. Cause like I said, my, I wrapped my identity up in being a college football athlete and didn't have like a, an healthy source of, um, of dealing or coping with things. And so it kind of all started spiraling downhill. And, um, again, just a brief overview, I started getting into opiates, started getting into benzos and then long story short, hit a rehab after that, tried to get sober, didn't get sober, things got worse and worse. After that, wound up in critical coronary unit for a week, a psych ward for three weeks after that. Um, and all of this was over a span of 
you know, from like my, my years in high school when I started dabbling to the time that I actually got sober was about a decade. And, wow. uh, Okay. Awesome. awesome. And so tell me just what your recovery journey has been. I know that when we spoke previously and just from looking into you a bit, uh, you know, there's, there's a large spiritual aspect of, you know, going on there. And uh, it sounds like you're pretty involved in your church and so on and so forth. But tell me what, what your recovery has looked like. So I'm guessing based on the title of the book, uh, that, that you found a 12 step program at some point. Correct. Okay. Definitely. Okay. So tell me about that. I mean, just what, what did that, how, how did that all progress? How did you get introduced? Did you find a sponsor immediately? What did all that look like? Yeah. So, um, actually to kind of put a, a cap on the story that I was telling earlier, I ended up finding another rehab. It was, uh, I'm from Alabama and it was in Gainesville, Florida. That's where I currently live. So, I come to this rehab in Gainesville and um, ended up finding a sponsor while still in rehab. I was there for about five months. And um, so the the 12 step um, group that I'm associated with here in Gainesville, they believe in um, working the steps pretty aggressively, pretty fast. Um, and uh, so that's what I did. I just, I jumped in. That was really, I remember having that thought of uh, trying everything and like the steps being the last thing. I don't know why I talked to a lot of people and they're like, well, I've tried this and this and this and this. Well, have you worked through the full steps, you know, and are continuing to, to sponsor people, continuing to help people. And they're like, well, no, but I've tried this and this and this. And so it was funny. I remember before I was going to work the steps that, um, I was like, well, this is like really the only thing that I haven't truly tried. So I don't even think it's going to work, but I'll give it a shot. And wow. so that's kind of like where it started. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. And and I've certainly had uh, some other friends even and some of my brothers in recovery kind of have the same experience in that they didn't even think it was going to work. Like sometimes they just did right. it because they were in rehab or sober living for like an extended period. And they're like, all right, well, I'm here. Like, I'm just going to do it just to, like, get people yeah. off my back. And sure enough, it actually worked, which is, you know, which is pretty, pretty amazing. So tell me a little bit uh, about uh, life after getting sober. I know that you, uh, you got married more recently, right? right. Okay, yeah. so tell me just what, what things are looking like these days and just kind of what it's like now. Yeah, so um, now life uh, looks very different from that decade where I was in addiction and um, I ended up, uh, you know, I've been sober now, like we were talking about for about three and a half years. Um, recently got married, which is amazing. Recently uh, bought a house, which I never thought would be something that, you know, was in, you know, my deck of cards that would be a reality for me. Um, I remember, you know, starting off the journey in recovery and I didn't have like any money. I remember, like going to the local church that I'm a part of now and having like $2 and like tithing my $2 and that was it. Um, so those things are all amazing. Um, actually that church that I came into I actually lead the prayer ministry there, um, do a lot of missions work with them. And that's actually where I met my wife, which is pretty cool. 
Yeah. Uh, I met Nicaragua. So we went on a mission trip there and uh, kind of lead some of the mission stuff there. So we've been on several different um, mission trips to different countries and that's been super rewarding. Um, you know, like we talked about, I do some online coaching stuff. Um, I also work at a nonprofit uh, here in town, the Blood Bank. Um, so that's that's another thing. I'm uh, the uh, president's executive assistant, which is pretty wild to say that you know, you know, coming from the background that yeah, and to to be the president's you know right hand man is is pretty interesting, and. Um, it's hilarious. I actually gave her my book to read and she read it. Um, and, uh, she was like, wow, like you almost died. And I was like, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty bad. And, uh, so it's, it's been pretty cool to kind of like bring, you know, the experience, strength and hope of recovery in my workplace into church, all that stuff. So it's been pretty cool. That That's awesome, man. And I love hearing stories like that. And yeah, I'm with you. Like I was, you know, broke as hell and, didn't have anything good going for me. And I, and I mean, because 100% of because, you know, because of recovery, uh, you know, I have the life I have today. Let, let me ask you, I mean, because you're someone that's, you know, that's putting yourself out there and talking about your recovery. What, what have some of your experiences been? I, you know, and, and let me just say that I don't feel like everyone has to just say like to everyone they meet, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm sober, I'm this, or I'm that. Um, but you're putting yourself out there. You're letting people know, like you just said, you gave your boss your book. What what has been your experience just in kind of putting that putting that out there? I mean, how is that? Um, I think a lot of people are scared, you know, about that. In my experience, it's all been good stuff, you know, and people have yeah. kind of like you said, been like, "Wow, that's that's amazing," you know. So, what what has your experience been? Yeah. So. Um that's definitely a good question and I really appreciate that question because living in Gainesville I get that question more so than not um, from the standpoint of people will say well where are you from you know they'll talk about Florida and this and that and and still sometimes you know some part of Florida I'm not super familiar with the whole state so they'll kind of be like well you're not from Florida and I'll say no I'm from Alabama and eventually it comes up well what brought you to Gainesville uh, and and so I get that all the time, uh, not all the time, but you know, I get it more so than not. And so without fail, I've all, I don't know why I just felt led to do this, but ever since I've come to Gainesville, I've always said rehab and, uh, it's been pretty amazing. All the responses that I get from when I was working at an organic grocery store, um, I remember, you know, this woman asked me that, you know, what, what brought you to Gainesville? I'm sitting here handing her chicken salad over the, you know, over the deli counter. And I told her that. And, um, she said, uh, like she looked at me and she started tearing up and I was like, oh man, maybe she's like super pissed off at me. You know, she told me to her chicken salad or I don't know what's going on. And, uh, so she looked at me and she said, um, you know, I just had a son recently uh, that passed away from a heroin overdose. Wow. And she like looked at me. And she just wants, she said, I just want you to know that I love you and that you can do this. And I actually like, came around, she gave me a hug and it was like super powerful. Just like in that split set, split second moment um, to, to be able to have that interaction. Um, so to kind of like follow up and, and answer your question, I'll say like most of the time that I have that response, 90% of it is people that are like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. 
oh my goodness, I've had somebody um, in my family that has gone through the same thing. Um, and it's been super positive. The, the only like short, like, you know, small percentage of people, they're like, don't know how to respond to it. Yeah, and like, right. Awkward. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it is. Like that small percentage of people, they're like, huh. And then like either like go on about their business or I haven't had anybody, I haven't had anything negative. I will say that. Nobody's been like, oh my gosh, are you serious? You used to use drugs. You're a terrible person. And I think sometimes we think that will be the response. Mm. But it's been overwhelmingly positive. That, yeah, that's awesome, man. And that does sound like that story you just shared. That's super powerful. The, the truth is, I mean, number one, in, in Florida, for sure, with so many rehabs down there, like it's not a secret that there's so many people uh, down there for that. Right. Uh, but also, like you said, you know, and this is part of the reason I wanted to ask you this, because I'm sure there's going to be, you know, some people listening out there in the sober nation that are new to recovery. And, and they're probably thinking about that. Like, how do I, that was one of my fears. Like, how do I approach that with jobs? How do I approach that just in everyday life or old friends or maybe a distant family or close family that doesn't know what's been going on? And the truth is, you know, these days, especially with this opiate epidemic that's going on, everyone, I, I would say pretty much everyone knows someone that has struggled with this. Yeah. You know, I, I that, that is just the reality. And so I, I think it's important to realize that while maybe you don't feel comfortable saying like, hey, I'm a, you know, I'm a ex-drug addict or I'm in recovery or I, like you said, I'm, you know, rehab brought me here. Um, you know, it's important to keep in mind that I might be the only person in recovery that this person ever meets, right? Yeah. Or, or in 12-step terms or AA terms, I might be the only big book that, that somebody yeah. ever meets, you know? So, so let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about your book. And your book is titled Recovered, How an Unsustainable Addiction Led to a Sustained Life. And I really love that, uh, that title. And so I'll just give our listeners a, a warning here. Uh, I think we're going to be talking about a topic that within 12-step uh, programs and maybe in recovery is, uh, man, I, I think there's this big debate sometimes, right? Because right. you use, and you and I spoke about this, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, you know, my thinking on this has, has changed. You know, um, some people say recovering. I'm still right. recovering. I'm a recovering addict. I'm a recovering alcoholic. And then, you know, early on in uh, when I was going to meetings, like I would hear every now and then, not frequently, but someone introduced himself as a recovered alcoholic. And I just look at this guy and I think this is what most people think. And this is what I thought. So this guy thinks he's cured. <laughs> right exactly. exactly. <laughs> this guy, this guy thinks he's cured, you know, and, right. and who does this guy think he is? And, and I'll just tell you, and I want you to kind of explain uh, this a little bit more, but my thinking has changed on that a little bit. So um, why the title of the book and, and what is the book about? Yeah, so um, the title of the book, Recovered, actually, um, it, it's kind of like a riff on this line in uh, the big book that talks about the first 100 that have seemingly recovered. Um, and it uses that word recovered from, you know, a hopeless disease or a hopeless condition. 
And um, so that's kind of where I pulled it from. So it's pulled directly from, you know, the 12-step text that everybody uses. Um, this wasn't something that I kind of went <clears throat> went rogue on and, and made up myself. You know, it was something that, you know, I pulled um, from the text that, that I used to, um, to get sober and, and to live this life that I'm living now. The reason why I say recovered, um, and I say this too, like when I introduce myself at meetings, you know, I say recovered drug addict, um, because I think our words are very powerful. And I think that when I call, if I introduce myself, hey, my name is Jacob Jones, I'm a drug addict, that I'm speaking to the old person that I used to be. Okay, that makes sense. And, and I, and everybody, I'm not telling people what to do at all because everybody has their own. Um, that's the best, and I'm not saying that's wrong if you do that. Definitely not saying anything like that. But I just that's that's just you know my personal conviction and how I feel about it. And um, so you know when when I talk about being recovered, um, that just means that um, this. Um, this craving, um, this mindset, um, this, this hopeless, um, you know, insatiable appetite to drink or to use um, that I could never overcome, um, you know, through this 12-step work um, and, and doing things like that, it, it's been lifted from me. So I, I, no, I no longer struggle um, on a daily basis anymore um, with those thoughts that I used to have. Now, when I say recovered, um, that's contingent on my daily spiritual progress. Um, it's contingent on enlarging my spiritual progress. So, so being recovered doesn't mean just flipping a switch and that switch can never go back. That's that's not really what I'm speaking to. Um, I'm speaking to you know if if I continue to to work the steps and continue to um, play out the principles in my life, like um, you know like the like the book lays out, then. Um, I believe that I have recovered from that seemingly hopeless condition that I was in um, pre-recovery. Okay, that that makes sense to me, and that's that's really similar to how it was broken down to me. And like I said, I was someone that, um, and, and personally, I, I don't really you know care how someone introduces himself. But like I said early on, when I heard you know, some people saying, Hey, I'm, I'm a recovered alcoholic, uh, while sharing in a meeting, you know, I was just like, almost like, you know, who does this guy think he is? Right. It seems like, it does seem like boastful or like, you know, egotistical or something like that. Yeah. But, but I'll tell you, I, I think it was, um, I think it was, you know, listening to this guy share a story, uh, at, at an AA club I was going to for a while and, and then listening to this, the same guy, um, you know, doing some like big book studies and stuff like that. And, and just hearing a few other people's explanations, like what I started to see was, is exactly what you're saying that, that it's not saying I'm cured. It's saying that for today, I'm as recovered as I'm going to get like in terms of, of this hopeless state of mind that the addicts and alcoholics experience. And I definitely experience. And, um, you know, what someone kind of broke down to me is, you know, he, he was just touching on um, when someone says recovering. And again, I'm not saying one way is wrong, one way or is right or anything like that. Um, but what made sense to me was 
you know, it's just like Jonathan, if, if you say recover ring and there's someone, there's a newcomer in the room, you know, what they might think is, is, well, man, this guy's got 25 years, let's say of sobriety right. and he's still recovering. Well, when does he get better? Right. You know, and, and that kind of, so I don't introduce myself as recovered, but I, I understand the thinking and I forget how many times the big book set uses the word recovered. It's quite a few. Um, and, uh, so, so I, I get that now tell us what the book is about. Who is the book for? Yeah. So, um, the book is really, it's, it's kind of a, at the beginning is, is partially some of my story. Um, so it's both for people in recovery and both for, uh, also for people that um, have loved ones that are in recovery. So my biggest um, thing with this is kind of educating people on addiction, educating people on um, drugs and alcohol, um, and also inspiring hope um, to people that uh, are going through it, and also to families as well, because that's something that we often forget when we talk about recovery is the families that go through all this stuff with us, man, this like horrific roller coaster that we go on. That is, uh, they just get like drugged along with us, you know, through this thing. And they have that same, like, um, like helplessness and they're just sitting there like being a part of it, like literally getting drugged along with us. Yeah. Um, so it's for the families and loved ones as well. So it's kind of, it, it kind of starts out as, um, just a little bit introducing myself. It, it, if you can say it's way like qualifying myself as like the real deal drug addict um, for like the first chapter. And then the second chapter um, kind of goes into like my like terrible hospital stay. You know, I was in the a critical coronary unit for a week and went into the psych ward for three weeks after that. And then um, after that, it kind of gets into some different stuff on, um, you know, like through the eyes of the family, through the eyes of somebody who's going through addiction. And then also um, the solution um, as I see it. Okay, that's awesome. Well, yeah. and you also, you know, when we were talking about just you sharing, for instance, with, uh, you know, your boss or, or other people that you're in recovery or why you ended up in Florida or how you ended up in Florida, I should say. Right. I think it's also important to, to remember because this has been my experience a lot when I talk about people that are not in recovery and even if they don't have family members is, your story, and I'm sure it has been, Jacob, your story could be super inspirational for someone that's not in recovery, because, which makes sense to me, because it's like, oh, wow, if this guy that was in the hospital, literally, you know, on death's door, uh, you know, jails, institutions, death, like we are not, or close to death, like yeah. we experience, um, then man, maybe I can get my life together. You know, right. and, and I think that's, that's something. So I'm sure there's someone that's, that's going to pick up your book or has, you know, has already that is in a, a similar situation as well. So uh, you also are an online recovery coach through your company, Sustained Life. And I, I see you work that into the title, uh, yeah. which I like there. So how, how did that actually start? Um, it just started as a way to, um, well, I guess it all spawned from this book. So I'll just touch back a little bit on the book of, you know, with, with my book, 
it was just something that I really felt necessary to get out there. Um, it's like doing like a fourth and fifth step with the world. You know, it's kind of like all my crap in this book. It's like, okay, here, y'all read it. And if you like it, cool. If not, that's okay too. And yeah. And I never like intended this book to be, um, you know, the cure all for addiction or some like grandiose thing. Um, what I really wanted from this book is kind of like you were saying, like for somebody to read it and be like, man, he was that bad. Like, maybe I can do that too. You know, like spur just like, like give somebody like a, a little glimmer of hope to where they, they continue to go and get themselves um, help, um, whether whatever that is, finding a sponsor, um, going through the 12 steps uh, and stuff like that. And then, so I was thinking, you know, post 12 steps, um, there's a lot of stuff that I've learned um, after getting a sponsor and after working through the 12 steps, just like normal life stuff that um, like getting married, you know, buying a house, mm -hmm. um, you know, doing well uh, in my workplace. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's something that's kind of out of the purview of a sponsor. And um, that's something that I feel like I could add value to people's lives if they wanted some more help beyond the 12 steps. Because when I wrote this book, uh, and again, was, was putting it out there just to kind of encourage people, I was thinking, well, maybe I can encourage them in some other way too. Um, and, and by no means wanting to uh, take people through the steps or anything like that, that's, that's not what this service is about because I believe that that should be done in a completely different way. <clears throat> but this is just like a um, kind of like something to uh, to add to your recovery, you know, like uh, um, something that will help in enhance your life. Um, and, and I thought that, you know, I could have used this help something similar to this along the way and I got it like bits and pieces from different people um but if I could have somebody there that was like marching me through all this stuff that I needed to it would have been super beneficial for me so I was like well you know if I have that experience and knowledge um uh, that's something that I could translate and help other people with so that's kind of like where the idea spawned from yeah I, I really like that man and now so are most of the clients you've worked with are they really new to recovery have they been in recovery a little while is it kind of all over yeah it's a little bit all over okay okay yeah. and so i've done something similar in the past so let me ask you um what, what do you think what with the people that have been in recovery for a little while and i think one thing i know that we touched on earlier uh would be the financial part but what, what do you think is is missing a lot of the times with the people that have been around a little while and feel like maybe something is is missing. Like, what what are some of the roadblocks that you see these people hitting? Yeah, yes, yeah, good questions. That's <laughs> my job, man. Yeah, you're doing good at it. Um, so, like, the main thing I see with people is that um, like common sense isn't always common practice. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of like the biggest thing too of uh, of where I'm trying to go with all this stuff is is keeping it um, simple enough to where we can continue to stack all these sustainable habits on top of each other. Um, so that's that's what I find is like you know going back and hitting like hitting the basics um, of things. That's usually where where I would go is hitting the basics of things that we know are healthy um, that we need to. Uh, reapply back to our lives that we're not doing currently whether that's 
taking a nightly inventory, um, whether that's, you know, like if it's, you know, we go off into different stuff like diet, exercise, um, doing things that uh, like, you know, I'm just throwing this out there, like a common sense thing. Everybody knows they should eat more like leafy grains and vegetables. Sure. Right? But then you go to the doctor and like, doctor, you know, I have heart problems. I'm, I'm overweight and, and all this stuff. And he's like, why are you doing this? And you're like, well, no, I'm not doing that. And so I find the same thing like in recovery, like a lot of times we know what we're doing, but we need somebody to kind of rewalk us through some of the steps, some of our blind spots um, that we have. Um, and that just goes with general life stuff like we're talking about or, or things specific to the principles of recovery. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, let me ask you about the uh, specifically about newcomers. Um, and I'm just going to say newcomers that, you've coached newcomers that you've sponsored mm -hmm. what are some of the look i think sometimes we can agree that like mistakes need to happen like they're part of our you know they're, they're sure. part of our journey right um but on the other hand i mean man like especially these days a mistake can lead uh you know to a deadly end essentially so right. w what are some of the biggest mistakes or missteps uh, that you see newcomers making, do you think? You know, one of the biggest mistakes would be hopping into a relationship prematurely. Because I remember saying this, too. I remember being in, still in rehab saying, if, if I go out from here and anything takes me down besides the drugs, it would be a woman. Mm. And I remember, I don't know, I had this, like, just this reality or this, you know, the, like the, the curtain was pulled back and I could see clearly for a moment. And it was so true. Like, I, you know, I don't know how I just saw that. I mean, it's, it's not that like profound of a statement, you know, now that we're in recovery, we see like the dangers of that. Sure. sure. But I was saying like at, at that time where, you know, you're still foggy and all that stuff. Um, I was able to see that clearly. And so I think like I, I've with, uh, with some sponsees that I worked through, I just have one in mind specifically, like he got into um, a relationship and I'm not saying anything or revealing this is all just general stuff. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> just, just got into a relationship um, early on and then ended up breaking up with the girl. And it just about like, we had to work tooth and nail to get him back to where he was healthy. Yeah. So as far as threats in early recovery, that's one of the things that I see will take people out the most um, is relationships. Okay, that makes sense. And, you know, that comes up a lot. I mean, it, it really, like, I, I don't think it surprises me, but that's always one of the main things that comes up when I talk to people about, uh, you know, and, and I think you put it a good way, a, a, a threat. What are some of the biggest threats to, to recovery? And, um you know, I'll, I'll tell you that uh, I was having a conversation with a guy the other day, and one of the things he said that, you know, he was just like, his thinking has changed on that a little bit. He thinks maybe some people are ready, you know, some people aren't. Um, I can see both sides of it. I mean, I know that, um, you know, I think just having been in recovery for a little while, it's like, okay, do I love myself? Am I taking care of myself? Can I have a real, honest, healthy, not toxic, crazy, drama-filled relationship with another person, you know, can, uh, 
you know, am I, am I ready for that? Am I making this person my higher power? Right. Yeah. So I think there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of, like you said, I, I like that. There's a lot of threats that could come in, uh, you know, yeah. in the form of a relationship. So that, that's a really, that's a really good point there. And I think that is something to, um, and that's awesome that you saw that, you know, you saw that as being like something that could, that could take you out. Um, right. because I think as often as it's, you know, suggested, Hey, don't get in a relationship, man, we just have that crazy thinking. It's like, you know what? I think I can figure this out. Though. That's for everybody else. Not yeah. Me. Yeah. That's it. I will do everything else. Like don't get into right. a relationship, right. stuff, you know? And, um, and, and I mean, some people will even say like the big book says that we don't get into people's sex relations. Like, how are you going to tell me? Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of like you touched on and with your coaching, there's other things that probably need to be discussed to make sure that that not only someone stinks over, but they've they've got a pretty good life too, right? And they're yeah. and they're just moving in the right direction. Um, yeah. Just thinking like of, you know, like the healthy thing. There's there's this thing that goes around in recovery, like don't get into relationships the first year, you know, that you get sober. And and I think that's like a great I do. Like, I think that's really good. Like yeah. nowhere in the big book does it say that, but sure. you know, I think it's like a generally like a, a good rule of thumb and a healthy thing to do. Not that I tell like the person, you know, that I was, you know, alluding to, um, you know, I told him like, I think that's a good idea, but this is, you know, we're going to talk through this. And at the end it's, it's up to you, you know, where your convictions truly are. I'm not telling you that you have to wait for a year. I think it would be a good idea, but you know, at the same time, that's not like, the letter of the law and you have to do this and with relationships I, so um i don't know this like everybody talks about relationships like my better half and this and that you know i think people should be two whole pieces coming together i like that. Uh, hey this person's really happy and i need happiness in my life so i'm gonna get with this person or this person is really financially well off and I need, you know, some finances added to my life. Just, you know, general examples. And, and I really feel like that we should set ourselves up. Um, if we're going to look at a long-term relationship, if we do our best to bring our whole healthy self to that, um, then it just makes sense that the relationship as a whole would be healthier. Um, if we're still dealing with uh, resentment or still dealing with things in our life that, that are kind of lingering and they're going to be brought with us into the relationship. So all, all I'm saying is do your best to bring your healthiest self into the relationship. Deal with all that stuff before because when you get into a relationship, it's tough because everything is mixed together and, and like separating all that stuff becomes super, super difficult. Yeah. So, you know, that's that would be my only suggestion to people is nobody's ever... 100% ready to get into a relationship, especially in recovery. We always, you know, we're working on stuff, we're human, and that's in and out of recovery. That's just everybody. Everybody's working on something. But I think there's a point um, to get to, and I think this is super important, where I'm okay being with myself. Like, I'm, I'm comfortable being with myself. Um, I've gotten to a place where I feel like I'm healthy, and I'm not just getting into a relationship to cover something up. That's, a, you know, when I say like a threat and in recovery, that's what we do the most is, is we, we use things in order to cover up something. So if we still have lingering, um, you know, 
fears and stuff like that, we could really subconsciously be using this relationship to cover up some of these things and it will eventually come out. So again, it's not the letter of the law that you have to wait a year to get into a relationship. I'll just leave that up to you and your sponsor or you and your mentor, uh, whatever type of program you're working and uh, kind of talk through it from that aspect. Yeah, man, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that we're trying to cover something up. I, I really like uh, that explanation and that makes a lot of sense to me. And I've definitely seen a lot of people who you know, knowing that they probably shouldn't get into a relationship, I think they start to see maybe how codependent they are because yeah. it, it, it's almost like it, it's there's a lot of similarities between the drinking and drug use or, or whatever the addiction was and the relationships. You know, yeah, like true. I was talking to a sponsee the other day and the conversation was essentially that there were some behaviors going on and kind of, um, you know, not reaching out to anyone, not, you know, not letting people know what's going on in terms of going back to this toxic relate, kind of sneaking around. And, yeah. um, you know, so I think some people realize like, wow, like this is a, it's almost like a craving just to not be alone almost yeah. like i feel like i have to be with somebody and and i think you were just saying like let's get you to the point where you're cool with with being with yourself and i and i agree with that 100 percent. so i want to ask you uh just kind of on a, a business note here so being an online fitness coach myself you know i think that some people might be confused about what online coaching is but you know i'll just tell you like one of the reasons that i got into online coaching uh is because i i think that everyone could agree like that's just kind of where things are are going these days uh yeah. for one but i also realized that i could make a larger impact um and at the same time i started to see that i could still get people really great results in terms of of getting fit and or working on habits or whatever so what has what your experience been specifically with uh, coaching online and how does that actually work with your clients? Do you guys do something similar like we're doing right now, like talking over Zoom or, or how does that work? Right. Yeah, it, it is. So it's just something very similar to this. And what I feel is um, when people can do it, um, well, it's too far. One, one part that you did hit on is like your reach, like you can do that with anybody anywhere. And, and that's absolutely amazing. And, and you alluded to this part too, that's, it, it's where stuff is going, you know, it, we're, we're a convenience driven consumer society. That's why Amazon is so popular and had its meteoric rise because we wanna be in our homes, click a button and have what we want right then. So it is kind of playing into, um, I guess that, that way that we're drifting as a society not not you know and um and it's also for me like there's there's probably people who don't want to go into a doctor's office that would be more apt to um schedule something online with somebody if they had that opportunity um and and just to do it that way and feel a little bit more comfortable a little bit more relaxed because like me myself like i still i don't like going into the doctor, you know, <laughs> thank God I'm not, you know, like physically, like I, I don't get sick very much anymore. So that's such an awesome blessing. And like, I haven't been to the doctor 
like my whole recovery. Like I, I don't, I don't think I've ever, like you know, for like the flu or something like that. Like I don't think I've, I've been to the doctor since then, which is, which is great because I'm not a big fan of doctor. I don't know many people that are fans of going to the doctor. So it, it's kind of playing on that as well, and having people at ease and comfortable in their own space, their own home, uh, and it's also very convenient for them as well. So it's, it's playing to the client versus um, making the client jump through any hoops or, or like come to see you. Um, it's kind of like thinking about them and, and what would be best to work for you. Like, how can I best meet you on your playing field? How can I best, you know, service you and, and how can we make this work? So kind of plan from, from, from that mindset. Okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I get that. I think that number one, it's, there's a convenience factor uh for sure yeah like amazon like i want the thing brought to me while i'm in bed bring bring it to my bedside (laughs) right i want to get out of bed like through my window with the drone right right yeah just fly it in (laughs) yeah uh so so i get that and i also get that um you know i i think that what we're touching on here is this type of of coaching uh can it really we were talking about barriers in recovery earlier it really removes another barrier for some people, right? Because yeah. like I've had people come to me that, man, they just, now there are people that don't feel comfortable in gyms and there are people that kind of like you at the doctor's office, like they just hate gyms. And yeah. so they're like, Hey, I want to do something from home. Uh, can you, can you help me figure that out? So I, I think that anything, uh, especially, you know, in a recovery sense, that helps kind of i'll just use the term plant that seed a little bit easier uh then that's really awesome so let me ask you this so through the through the coaching um and maybe even through writing the book how has this this shaped or helped your own recovery yeah um it's a lot because i I think uh, what i see in myself um, is, is when I'm taking that step out um, to advance uh, my recovery a little bit more, it usually brings like another level of accountability to where I am, um, you know, because you can kind of um, sit in the shadows of recovery and just, you know, and I've done that before where I, when I, when I was going through recovery before, I only told my family, like literally that was all the people that knew that I was in recovery was my family. Okay. And, and I found that like nobody else knew. So it was easy for me to kind of like sneak out and go to the bar, sneak out and go find a drug dealer and nobody knew the better. Um, so it, it's brought a, a different level of accountability to where like now if I went out somewhere, just because like I'm open about it, like I was talking about, um, you know, with people at church, with people at my job, if I went out, you know, with people at my job, like we had a, a function the other day, um, you know, like a, a Christmas party type thing. And everybody was drinking. It was basically like a booze exchange. It was like a dirty Santa. Of course, like I'm the one that, you know, brings like a, a, a humidifier or a, <laughs> or like a essential oil diffuser. And there may or may not be a big book in there. Right, exactly. <laughs> while I'm telling them, well, you know, you could be an alcoholic if. Right, I, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was pretty funny. Like, I talked to my boss about that, and I kind of, like, joke about it. Um, but, you know, in, in situations like that, like, if I were to, like, pick up a drink, they would be like, 
dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, whereas before, if I didn't have that, uh, or, or when I didn't do that, I could have done that and nobody would have thought anything, nobody would have said anything. Um, so that's just like a small example of like a different level of accountability, just generally speaking about being open or writing a book or doing, you know, recovery coaching. Um, that's super helpful and beneficial um, to my recovery. It's also uh, helps me to, to push in advance. Like, you know how this is, you know, when, when you start um, sponsoring individuals and stuff like that, it, it, it becomes more than me. You know, like, like if I were to do something, um, if I were to go back out, it, it's not just me anymore. Like, oh, like I'll go back out and it would hurt my family. Like, there's a lot of people that that, that would affect, um, you know, that they're looking for you to, to be there for them, to encourage them. And, yeah. and, and so it just brings like a whole different element of like, hey, if I do this, like I'm not only hurting myself. But there's like a lot of other people that I could be hurting too. Um, so looking at it from that, it, when I'm talking about accountability, like accountability, like it's from that aspect too. Like there's people that are, are looking to you to to be there and help them in their recovery or their life um, that you would be hurting as well. So that's like another thing that I think about too. And that's a really great point. Yeah, and and it does add a couple layers of accountability. And I'll tell you that for me, um, it it adds a layer of accountability in the sense that I want to be the coach and I mainly work with people in recovery. So this works on a few, you know, different levels for me. Like I want to be the coach that's taking my own advice too. Yes. You know, like I don't want to just be like up here, like preaching, Oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. And then I'm just not doing any of that stuff. You know, I think that's, you know, I think that doesn't, it doesn't look great, but also it doesn't feel great. Like you want to feel like, I think it's a good way to uh, c- connect with people, but yeah, I mean, you're right, man. And, and maybe I haven't thought about that much that, you know, when you're putting your recovery out there kind of on another level, it's not that you're thinking like, Oh, I can't relapse because of these people, but that is in the back of your mind that like, man, this would affect this, this would have a pretty wide impact, like if, yeah. you know, if something did happen. And, and so I think, you know, the more reasons to stay sober in my mind and, and keep doing this deal and keep growing really the better. Yeah. Um, so that, that's a really awesome point. So man, it's been great talking to you here, Jacob. And yeah. uh, before we wrap up, I, I want to ask you, what's one piece of advice that you'd like to share with the sober nation? But again, with the with the good questions, it's like <laughs> encapsulate something. <laughs> um, so one piece of advice that I would say, um, I'll just uh, this just popped on mind, so I'm not gonna say it. Sure. Um, resentments. Um, if, if you're dealing with resentments, um, do your best to go to your sponsor. Or, or go to whoever you have in your corner and deal with those resentments. Um, resentments will be the biggest governor or biggest um, uh, biggest ceiling to you advancing to your next level in your recovery. Um, your next level just in life in general um, is one thing that would be like literally like a cloud that will block you off from the sunshine that you're meant to experience. Um, so if you start to lay these resentments down, start to work through these resentments, um, 
then your life will, will take another step. It will advance in your recovery. So I don't know man. why that popped my mind, but, but it's just something that I've dealt with in the past. Man, resentments are like super heavy. They're super powerful. And I see the breakthrough when I deal with those. So if you're out there and dealing with the resentments, I you know, encourage you to kind of turn into that and deal with it. And man, your life will be so much better because of it. Wow, bringing that, bringing that on the spot fire right there to wrap us up. That that was good, man. I I really like that. Yeah, because, uh, you know, it's talked about quite a bit in recovery that 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 can be a catalyst for relapse. But at the same time, I really like how you just said that it can also be that ceiling, not just in your recovery, but in your life that's preventing you from growing. And man, I think that's a really awesome point so we're, we're gonna end it right there man because i don't think it's gonna get any better than that so uh jacob i appreciate you coming on the show today with me man jonathan thanks so much man i really enjoyed it dude and thanks for all you do uh putting this out to sober nation man keep on doing it because i know tons of people are benefiting from it man so i really appreciate it uh, i think they will and i'll think they'll uh benefit from everything that you shared today too so Uh, You can learn more about Jacob and his online recovery coaching at thesustainedlife.com. You can find Jacob's book, Recovered, on Amazon. Nation, thanks for joining me, and I'll talk to you soon. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the info from today's episode. Sober Nation FM is brought to you by Sobriety Engine. Sobriety Engine is a free online community of men and women supporting each other in their recovery. Visit sobrietyengine.com to join today. This show is also brought to you by Recover Health. If you're ready to get fit and start living a healthier lifestyle while supporting your sobriety, you can learn more about having me as your own personal fitness and nutrition coach at rcvrhealth.com. And again, whether you're listening to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or watching on YouTube, please share this with your friends, follow, subscribe, and leave us a review. Nation, thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.